Welcome in to the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net, also our football writer. And after doing some special preview editions of the boys and girls basketball seasons with Mark Miller and Norbert Durst earlier this week, we're going to keep this podcast, our, our regular Wednesday podcast, pretty much focused on football as we are Just hours away, less than 24 hours away as I record this from the start of the high school football championships for 2018. They're here finally. It seems like eons ago in some respects. When we started practices on August 1st, some teams started on July 31st. You had to worry about heat and acclimatization. You had to worry about Games uh, being uh, having extra stoppages so that teams could get water and um, you know extra breaks and things like that. You had to worry about mosquitoes and and all that stuff. And now we're at the point where the last couple weeks and in this week included, we're having to worry about bundling up and being warm enough up north for the state semifinal games. Had to worry about clearing snow off of fields and making sure that they were. Uh, 100% playable, have to worry about um, you know hand warmers and sideline heaters and all that good stuff. So it's, it's pretty amazing how far we go from one extreme to the other during the high school football season. And even in our, uh, our state tournament games, our state final games over the last few years, the difference that we have had at times from cold weather, you know, 20 degrees and below to snow, to cold, cold rain, to some years where there's been people in shorts and t-shirts on the sidelines at the state championship games. And not just our buddy, Nate Beyer, who's always in shorts, often in flip-flops. I'm going to guess he will have shoes at Camp Randall, which is a rare occurrence, but shorts and and maybe a sweatshirt. Uh, Nate Beyer, uh, outstanding photographer who provides many of the photos that show up on Wisports.net that accompany our, our, our articles. If, you've, uh, if you haven't seen him, if you don't recognize him, he's one of the most recognizable folks that you'll see. Uh, has the big, uh, big hair, uh, sideshow Bob type hair, sometimes uh, give him a little hard time for, uh, but does an incredible, incredible job and uh, very well known, especially in the Western part of the state. So we'll keep the focus on football, as I mentioned. And depending on when you listen to this, you know, the the games might be just an hour or so away or a couple hours away. So we're not going to get it too in-depth into previewing the games because by the time, uh, again, you hear this, they're going to be upon us. Uh, But we will talk about kind of maybe what to expect at Camp Randall for people that haven't been there before. But we're going to lead off our conversation this week with awards. It is award season. Not only uh, Coaches Association awards, but also our awards on WSN. And so I want to talk about uh, uh, the awards. And we'll, we'll begin with the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association, who this year, for the first time, produced separate large school and small school all state teams. And that's a a process that I've been involved with for uh, a number of years now. Uh, WSN has assisted the the WFCA with the all-region and all-state process. 
I think seven or eight years now that we've been involved. Um, we help facilitate the the nomination process, the online nomination process, the uh, the process of providing the nominee information back to the coaches that will be at the all-region meetings, and then collecting all of the uh, players that are advancing from all region to all state, putting together the nomination list for all state players, building the the voting for the all state selections, and uh, just kind of generally uh, advising and being involved in that process. For the WFCA, just as a kind of outline of how that process works, every conference in the state has a rep, a WFCA rep, uh, a WFCA conference rep. So at the all-conference meetings around the state, after they have their regular meeting, determine who's going to be all-conference, then the conference rep, the WFCA conference rep, leads the discussion of, okay, what players are we going to advance to all-region consideration? And to be all-region, uh, an all-region nominee, you have to be first team all-conference. And so they make a list from there of the kids that are advancing from all-conference to all-region. And sometimes that list is small, depending on the conference. If in some small school conferences, there might only be three or four kids that they decide to advance from all-conference to all-region consideration. For some conferences... You know, there's there's more than that. There's 15 or 20 sometimes, depending on the size of the conference, depending on the size of the schools in the conference, depending on, you know, just what they feel uh, they they have worthy of moving forward. Then from there, uh, new this year, there are now four large school regions and four small school regions. So the various conferences, which there are roughly six or seven per region. All the nominees from from that conference feed into the all-region process. Uh, the, the kids that the coaches decide to nominate, they are provided information on nominating those players online. They do it through the uh, WFCA website. They fill out the, the nomination information, um, and, and then the stats information for those nominations is filled in automatically based on what is entered into wisports.net. So if coaches want to have a kid considered for all region or all state, they've got to have their stats updated on wisports.net. That's part of our partnership with the WFCA. So at those all region meetings, the coaches there, uh, after, after all the nominees come in, uh, I go through and put together spreadsheets and uh, the, the full information for all of the coaches that will be at the all region meeting, get that information sent back out. It's all sorted by position, uh, and then has all the information for every player at every position. At the all-region meetings, which again, there are eight around the state, four large school, four small school. At the all-region meetings, they vote on, uh, they, they discuss the kids that are nominated, um, vote on the kids that are nominated, and produce an all-region team. Now, not all kids that are all-region are automatically advanced to the next step, which is all-state nomination. They, uh, at that meeting, they, they talk about and decide, okay, what kids do we feel are really deserving of all state? It's not, again, it's not every kid that makes all region. And so those players are advanced to all state consideration. Those lists are provided to me. I put all the information together, produce new spreadsheets and lists that have all of the all state nominees at quarterback, running back, receiver, et cetera, for all the different positions. And that information then is getting, uh, gotten back out to the WFCA district reps, which there are 23 around the state. So they review the information. I, I build a uh, voting 
uh, option online. So the coaches have all the information available to them. They uh, make their selections and then they vote online. And then uh, that's, that's all done uh, essentially last week, the week of level four. And then last Saturday and Sunday, the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Executive Board gets together to review the votes, uh, review the, the all-state voting on Saturday evening. And then Sunday morning, the district reps, the 23 district reps come in as well. That meeting is in Stevens Point, held at the WIAA office, review the, the voting information, uh, and basically just get that information to them um, and, and certify everything. Uh, you know, sometimes there's a little discussion here or there on, on, uh, on different kids or whatever, but ultimately the, uh, the, the teams are selected based on the vote that had previously occurred. At that meeting, though, is voting for the All-State uh, Player of the Year on offense and defense. Now, this year, there is a Defense and Offensive Player of the Year for the large schools and Defensive and Offensive Player of the Year for small schools. So there's three to four nominees chosen for each of those awards at the meeting. Then the district reps would vote on uh, on those selections. All that said, all the information is put together, uh, and then posted on Monday morning. Uh, which, as people saw, that uh, those all state teams came out Monday morning. And just to to kind of highlight and review, it was uh, Pulaski's Dylan Hendricks that was chosen as the Large School Offensive Player of the Year. Had over 2,800 rushing yards this year. Carried the ball 404 times. Excuse me. Now as a single-wing quarterback, he did throw the ball occasionally. Not very often. Less than 10 times a game. Mostly just a a running back. But he did throw for 776 yards and 8 touchdowns. He was the FRCC Offensive Player of the Year. And he finished his career fourth on the state's all-time rushing list with 6,359 yards. Uh, certainly a very deserving uh, selection there. At defense, it was very, very close, but ultimately the voting did go to Reed Ryan of Wanakee, senior defensive end committed to North Dakota State as the large school defensive player of the year. He had 18 sacks as a senior, 37 tackles for loss, six forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, blocked a couple kicks, returned, I think it was a block kick for a touchdown. And so he's committed to, to North Dakota State, as is Dylan Hendricks. So it was interesting to see North Dakota State have commitments from both the large school offensive and defensive players of the year. So Reed Ryan selected as the large school defensive player of the year. In the small schools, not surprising a ton, I guess, uh, but Grantsburg senior Leo Chanel was the small school player of the year on offense and on defense. If there's a kid that was ever going to receive that recognition, Leo Chanel is, is the kind of kid that's certainly deserving of that. Had over 2,000 yards on the ground, 42 touchdowns despite missing a week, uh, one game back in week one. He was on a mission trip. Uh, had some uh, three touchdowns uh, receiving, threw for two touchdowns on defense. He had 120 tackles just all over the place. Committed to Wisconsin and, and certainly... Um, very deserving of uh, of those recognitions. There were a few kids that were repeat selections on the All-State team. Chennault repeated as a linebacker. Nina, outside linebacker Logan Iden, Elk Mound running back Brady Redwine were uh, repeat selections. There were a few players also that were two-way All-State, including Chennault, 
Regis's Andrew Ernst, uh, Ernstmeyer, Spencer Columbus Catholic's Logan Schernitz, Stratford's Ben Barton, and Kettle Moraine's Blake Wilcox. So I don't think there was too many uh, surprises, too many snubs, anything like that, that uh, as you looked over um, the selections, it was interesting. Um, in some ways, it, it seemed like with the the having two teams, large school and small school this year, um, you could certainly see where some positions were a little bit stronger uh, than others, but that's the case every single year. And obviously in, in small schools, a lot of the times the, the toughest choices come at running back, where at most small schools, the best player on the team, the best athlete is playing running back. And so you get some very deserving candidates, a lot of very deserving candidates. And certainly there were a few of the kids that were ended up as honorable mention that you could make a strong case for for all state. It, maybe the from the awards perspective, uh, thought maybe that Bryce Hitner from Iola Scandinavia might be in that conversation or, or might be the selection for the small school offensive player of the year. He did break the state's all-time uh, rushing record after all, and his team did beat Leo Chanel's Grantsburg team in the state semifinals. But ultimately, again, that award went to Leo Chanel. So that kind of leads us into our next um, thing here, which is the awards that we do at WSN, which are separate from and not affiliated with in any way the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. Our WSN Senior Football Awards have been around for about 10 years now. We model them after the College Football Awards where there's uh, they're named after uh, an outstanding representative from the state uh, at that position. So the quarterback of the year, the senior quarterback, is the Dave Craig Award. Uh, Joe, the Joe Thomas Award is presented to the top offensive linemen, etc., and uh, we have incorporated some of our, our media partners around the state, some of our other WSN staff. And then the last few years, we've had a fan vote that has been a small part of uh, the voting selection uh, for those awards as well. And, and as you probably have seen, we announced the winners of those awards Wednesday throughout the day on WSN. And as you, as I, I looked at the awards and how things broke down, um, Really, most of the awards were pretty straightforward. Looking at the voting, I mean, there was pretty, very clear-cut winners at every position except one, and that was at wide receiver, where it was very, very close. But ultimately, Sawyer Molly of Wanakee was selected as the Altoon Award uh, recipient. Connor, uh, excuse me, Cooper Nelson and Jared Crean. Uh, Nelson is from Sun Prairie. Crean is from River Falls. Were very, very close as well. Um, but ultimately, again, that award went to Molly. The Dave Craig Award for top quarterback, Jarrett Wolf, uh, or excuse me, uh, Jarrett Wolf was second. Cody Starkle from Kimberly uh, was the recipient of the Dave Craig Award. And again, the, the voting was pretty clear cut there. Starkle has Kimberly back at the state championships, uh, has been outstanding all season. First time starter, very impressive what he has done. Running back was uh, three kids were all got pretty good uh, numbers of votes, but it was pretty clear cut. Bryce Hitner received seven out of eight number one votes at running back. And uh, Bryce Hittner from Iola Scandinavia, who again broke the, the career rushing record just last week, was the Crazy Legs Hirsch Award winner. The Joe Thomas Award, top offensive lineman, again, a very clear-cut uh, vote here, went to Andrew Stone from Fond du Lac. And if you watch Andrew Stone's highlights... One of the most devastating, perhaps the most devastating trap blocker, pull blocker that I have ever seen in high school football. 
He's about six foot six one, two hundred and fifty pounds, but extremely explosive. And he doesn't look to just block you when he pulls, when he traps. He looks to destroy you, and usually he does. He's so explosive uh, with what he does. He's a, a state champion in the shot put, I think it was, second in the discus, something like that, um, and, and just so, so good. Uh, a kid that has uh, several track offers at the next level, has a few football options as well, although at, at about six foot to six one, you know, in the major college level, his options are going to be a little bit limited. And in fact, some places, including Wisconsin, uh, think of him as maybe a running, excuse me, a uh, fullback prospect. Um, we'll see if he gets maybe a preferred walk-on offer from Wisconsin as a fullback, something like that. Um, but otherwise, he'll have a, a lot of options at track and field if he chooses to go that route. The Tim Crumry Award winner, uh, again, very clear cut, went to Reed Ryan from Wanakee, who was also the large school defensive player of the year. Again, mentioned some of his accolades, a uh, 16, or 18 sacks this year after 16 as a junior and just uh, dominated teams. I saw him against Mount Hora Barneveld this year, was in the backfield constantly, uh, saw him block a kick there, saw him get a couple sacks and tackles for loss. The John Anderson Award went to Leo Chennault from Grantsburg, a linebacker headed to Wisconsin to play linebacker. And he'll join his older brother, John, who's already there as a uh, preferred walk-on fullback. Leo is uh, an incredible football player. Doesn't look like a high school kid. In fact, he, when I saw him at the WFCA Combine his sophomore year, did not look like a high school kid then. Just built uh, muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. Uh, but an outstanding football player. The Jim Leonard Award went to David Hayden from Lacrosse Central. He's a kid that last year was primarily a receiver. This year switched to defense after uh, he had suffered an injury to his thumb or hand and played most of the year with a, a big brace or cast on his uh, hand. Somehow still picked off eight passes for the Red Raiders. He was a WFCA first-team All-State choice. David Hayden, the Jim Leonard Award recipient. The Kevin Stemke Award for top punter and or kicker. Uh, appropriately went to Blake Wilcox from Kettle Moraine. Uh, he was first-team All-State as a kicker and punter by the WFCA. Preferred walk-on commit at Wisconsin, uh, a kid that switched to, or didn't switch to, I guess, but uh, added football to his repertoire a few years ago after primarily being a soccer player uh, in that big leg coming into play and earned him a lot of accolades at the high school level and an op uh, opportunity to play at the next level. So big thanks to all the, the folks that we had as part of our selection panel for that. A big thanks to the fan vote, uh, all the people out there that supported it. A lot of very deserving nominees and, and players, and uh, just a, a great way to cap off and, and recognize all the outstanding players that we have here in Wisconsin. Again, our state football championships are this week, Thursday and Friday. Looking forward to all the games. Uh, the schedule you can find very easily. I mean, again, we're less than 24 hours from the first games, but just to, to kind of run through maybe what uh, what I'm looking at, what I'm thinking uh, in terms of uh, uh, how things might play out. I posted my picks, my predictions earlier today on Wisports.net, and 
I don't, I don't think there was any surprises out of that. I think we'll see a lot of competitive games. In Division 7, which opens things up, I went with Edgar. Uh, I think that uh, what they have done this year has been so impressive. Eight shutouts already and just dominating opponents and uh, like the Wildcats over Blackhawk. Division 6, uh, this is going to be interesting. You have Bryce Hittner, the current record holder for career rushing yards for Iola Scandinavia. And then you have Tyler Tenner on the other side for Racine Lutheran. He's already ahead of where Hittner was at after Hittner's junior season. So Tyler Tenner will be on record watch next year. But in this one, I, I like Iola Scandinavia, last year's runner-up, to complete the job and get things done. I like St. Mary Springs over Stratford in the D5 game. In Division Four, uh, I really love this matchup, uh, kind of a contrast of styles in a, in a lot of ways. Um, you have a, a run-heavy, tight, triple-option offense in St. Croix Central. You have a spread-type offense uh, from uh, Racine St. Catherine, still a run-heavy team, but you're going to see different philosophies of how they're going to do it. And, and to see Deshaun Brown, the quarterback from Racine St. Catharines, on the, the carpet at Camp Randall, going to be a lot of fun to see him going around and, and doing his thing. Catholic Memorial, I took over West Pier in D3. Uh, and then Brookfield Central in Homestead. Might have been the toughest one for me to pick. But I went with Brookfield Central to complete the job of, of uh, last year when they were up two scores in the fourth quarter and allowed Wanakee back in it and Wanakee came back and won. D1, as I uh, said on a radio interview earlier this week, apparently I'm just going to pick Steve Jones for the rest of my life or the rest of his life and just keep picking him because the few times that I have picked against Steve Jones, I have not looked very good. I did pick Kimberly to win state before the playoffs started, and obviously they had an incredible game with Fond du Lac last week. It's going to be interesting. Muskego is going to present some different challenges than what Kim, uh, Kimberly is used to in the VFA, what they've seen in the past at state uh, with the, the tri uh, not triple option, excuse me, the, the wing T offense that Muskego runs. A lot of misdirection, uh, a lot of outstanding dynamic athletes in the backfield, RJ Bosshart, Alex Current, AJ Mackinan at quarterback. So that's going to be a fun one. Just a, a review and a reminder on kind of how things work at Camp Randall. If you're heading to the games, there are carry-in policies that do prohibit what you can take in to Camp Randall. They're also going to make you go through metal detectors, so plan accordingly. Make sure you leave with enough time to get to the games. If you want to bring a bag in, it has to be a small clutch. It, it has to be a clear tote, no bigger than 16 by 6 by 12, or excuse me, 12 by 6 by 12. So you're not going to be able to bring in a, a big backpack. You're not going to be able to bring in a big purse. You're not going to be able to bring in uh, a fanny pack, a drawstring bag, a camera bag, any of that stuff. Those are all prohibited by the uh, University of Wisconsin. This always throws a, a few people off, throws some people for a loop, because it's obviously a much different policy than what you have at most high school football games. People are used to bringing in a backpack, used to bringing in a, a regular purse. And I guarantee there's going to be people that get up to the gate and are going to have to turn around because they won't let them in. They're probably going to make you unzip your coat, do a visual inspection. Um, you, can, you can bring in diaper bags if you have a child. You can bring in a seat cushion. You can bring in medical uh, 
items. You can bring a blanket. You can bring a jacket, binoculars, but you're not going to be able to bring in a stroller. You can't bring in a laptop or uh, other things like that. No coolers, no uh, large uh, bags, no backpacks or, or large purses of any kind. So again, just keep that in mind when you're heading to Camp Randall and plan accordingly. Now, if you're not able to get to Camp Randall, you can watch all the games on uh, FS Wisconsin. You can also find them streamed live on the Fox Sports Go app for your iPhone, your Android, your Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, etc. I'm sure I'll get 30 questions in the next two days on how can I see this, how can I watch it, where can I watch it, even though we posted an article about it, even though we've talked about it, even though we've tweeted about it. That's okay. Uh, parking, especially during the day, is going to be a little bit tight. There are a few lots in the area that are close, but street parking is going to be very difficult to come by with the University of Wisconsin in classes in session. They will tow if you park too long in, in designated spots. So if you're heading down, might not a bad might not be a bad idea depending on how far you want to walk. There, there are lots around that you can park in private lots, private yards, people's, uh, people's yards, whatever, 10 to $20, depending on how close to the stadium it is, how far you want to walk. If you, uh, if you want to not have to pay or, or pay less, then plan on walking several blocks, maybe a half a mile even, if you want to park in one of the, the ramps that are a little bit farther away. Lot 17, which is Engineering Hall, that fills up very, very quickly because they still have uh, regular parking in there for students, for athletic department personnel, for whoever else has pre-purchased parking in that lot. So again, plan accordingly. Our stat of the week, we're going to, I'm going to give you two and they're, they're both tied in together. 884 and 22. 884 are the combined number of victories for St. Mary Springs head coach Bob Highland and Edgar head coach Jerry Sins. 22 is the combined number of state titles for those two. Bob Highland has 15, including eight during the WISA days, and Jerry Sins has seven. They are both looking to become the first coaches to win eight titles in WIAA. No rain of the week this week. It's a great week. Get out and watch the games. If you can't watch them at Camp Randall, then Watch them on TV, watch them on stream, whatever you need to do. We'll come at you next week with another edition of the WSN Podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at the game.